the show that brings you in where the magic happens. Welcome to the Writer's Room. Hello and welcome to the Writer's Room. My name is Aaron. I'm your host. I'm joined today with Robert. Hello. And Ben. What's up, guys? We write for Sif Pop, providing you with movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles on the regular, so make sure you check out the website sifpop.com to keep up with those. We have a great show for you this week. We'll start off here in the intro, which is now, so that's good that we are on schedule so far. After that, we'll move to coming attractions, where we'll give our thoughts on what is coming out this week, and then our Sift topic, which will be describing how the show is going to carry out in the future. And then if we have one, we're going to go on a sift quest, so that's questions submitted by you guys, uh, and, uh, and then we'll wrap up finally with some buried treasure, which are, of course, our recommendations. So let's get right into it. Real quick introduction for you guys. Robert, what, uh, when did you realize that you had a passion for movies? It probably was the beginning of college. So I've always really loved movies like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and things along those lines, but it wasn't until college that I kind of branched out and saw how pretentious people might say film and kind of got into more uh, diverse movies. That's when I really started loving movies and diving into things other than big franchises. And, uh, and what about you, Ben? Uh, really since birth, man, <laughs> I, I have loved movies since I was a kid. Uh, my grandmother, I attribute a lot of that to, um, she introduced me to movies like star Wars, Indiana Jones, one of my earliest memories is watching the re-release of A New Hope in the theater and being you know, teleported to a galaxy far, far away while watching that. And ever since then, I've been hooked. And not just on big movies and franchise movies. I have a very diverse palette. I, I love all sorts of movies. Um, one of my biggest claims to fame is I have seen almost all of the movies on the uh, AFI Top 100 list when they redid it in 2007. So I've, I've loved movies my entire life. Well, I, I did not get a chance to see A New Hope in theaters, but I did see the Jurassic Park IMAX re-release, which was, that was something else. I think I first got involved with writing movie, with uh, loving movies when I was in high school, uh, because I have that, we all have that movie friend, right? That, that friend that really knows everything there is to know about movies. And, uh, and what I realized is talking with him is I knew way more about movies than I'd give myself credit to. And I just kind of leaned into that. And so that kind of defined who I was uh, for the rest of high school and into college and even in the start of this adult life. But uh, but we've taken a step past uh, just loving movies and we've gone into writing for Sif Pop. So uh, what are you guys' stories for how you started to write for Sif Pop? I, uh, I, I saw somebody on Twitter randomly one day that was writing for the show, Message Dicer, and start, was talking about writing for the site. And I was just like, well, how, how does one do that? And it was like, well, you, you email Blake. I was like, okay. And it had been a while since I've done anything official for movies. I just wanted to jump on that opportunity. So how did you guys uh, get involved? I started following uh, Blake Hodges on his Instagram, Blake underscore N underscore theaters. Give him a follow. He's great. I started like following him on Instagram, I think late 2017 and watching him like write his movie reviews kind of or blurbs, you know, it kind of inspired me to start doing kind of the same thing. Um, I started doing it well, once I moved from North Carolina to Missouri. And the first movie I did a blurb on on my Instagram was uh, Black Klansman. And uh, <clears throat> I kind of listened to his podcast, you know, the Movie Lovers Guild, and 
kind of would message him back and forth about movies. And I remember he posted something on his Instagram about, you know, hey, if you like, you know, want a career in writing about movies or kind of want to get your foot into the door, we're, I'm looking for writers for this site called sifpop.com. So I jumped the gun on that opportunity pretty quickly. Um, and it's it's been uphill ever since. It's been a, a pleasure and a privilege to to write uh, movie reviews and blurbs each week for the uh, best ever challenge f- for them. Uh, I've met a lot of great people, including you guys, through the site. So I'm internally grateful to Blake. And uh, what about you, Rob? At the beginning of college, I did a lot of writing uh, just in general. Uh, I was a communications major with a journalism minor. So that was kind of my kind of my area of focus anyway. But then I realized that I liked movies more than I ever thought I did. And so I started writing about movies uh, at my own blog. So that's kind of where my movie writing experience started. Uh, you can even see my, my growth and movie knowledge kind of grow along with the more posts that I have on my blog. So it's kind of fun to go, go look back at those. You'll see the old posts and be like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But now maybe I do a little bit more in the more recent posts. Then because I knew uh, Cinema Sins and because I knew Sif Pop, I kind of had a lot of interactions with those kinds of people on Twitter, which led me to being able to follow Blake, like Ben mentioned. And then one night he and I were messaging. Uh, he he asked if I wanted to be if I wanted to write on sifpop.com because I wasn't getting too much reach on my personal blog. So I thought that'd be the perfect opportunity to to kind of get my voice out there a little bit more. Uh, and it has been. I've been writing there uh, ever since this site kind of started to grow in this way since Blake took over as managing editor. Uh, and I've been having a lot of fun doing it. I like writing reviews. I have a new series that I'm going to, that's going to start coming out on the site. Uh, there's not a lot of details on it yet, but I've written the first piece and that's been a lot of fun. So that's kind of how, that's kind of my story for getting involved with Sip Pop. Ooh, that's intriguing. Yeah. Shout out to our homeboy, Blake, uh, managing editor, editor of Sif Pop. If you're interested at all in writing for sifpop.com, then, uh, then send him a DM on Twitter or send him an email, Blake at sifpop.com and, uh, and he'll get you the hookup. But, um, Ben, you said the first movie you started writing for on Instagram was Black Klansman. Uh, what was the first thing you wrote for on Sif Pop? Um, it was for the, uh, best ever challenge. Um, and the first blurb I wrote for that was for forgetting Sarah Marshall. I forget the topic, but the first review I wrote for Seth pop was, uh, Jordan Peele's us. It was a lot of fun to write for that movie. Unlike most people, I don't absolutely adore that movie. I think, you know, the first two acts of it are fantastic. And then it just, it, it gets too far and it, um, it gets too far ahead of itself. I guess you could say it grows too big and I just wasn't a fan of it. Um, the third act, I still liked the movie. I gave it a B plus a solid movie with a, with a bad ending. Mm. Too convoluted. Well, maybe we'll get to, to disagree there at some point, but uh, Rob, you remember the first thing you wrote for Sif Pop? I honestly don't remember the first BC I wrote for or the first review. Cause I'm constantly writing things at different places. Uh, it all kind of blends together, but I know I've written a bunch of Best Ever Challenge blurbs. Uh, I write for most of them. As for reviews, I know I wrote one for Hobbs and Shaw. I wrote one for X-Men. What was the latest X-Men? Uh, yeah, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I wrote for X-Men Dark Phoenix. Uh, the King from uh, Timothy, Timothy Chalamet on Netflix and Tolkien. I wrote that review. Those are just a few that I can think of off the top of my head. 
Nice. Yeah, I uh, Ben, I I, I, for, I got started a little bit after you and Robert after you as well. But uh, I remember joining in on the site and they were throwing reviews up for grabs, and I was like, sure, I want Toy Story four, and I hadn't even written anything yet. And Blake was just like, sure, we'll give this noob a chance. So uh, I remember Toy Story. No, 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 no. I had Detective Pikachu. Sorry, not Toy Story four. I did do Toy Story four, but it was Detective Pikachu first. So um, wound up uh, wound up doing that. I think it was the very first thing I wrote for the site. Because uh, the BECs published the day after, so awesome. Well, um, we're gonna move on to our next segment now. It's called C- coming attractions. And uh, coming attractions, what we're what we're hoping to accomplish with this is we want to take a movie that's coming out, ideally this week, but because of the quarantine and self isolation, we're gonna have to be a little bit creative here for the for the first couple weeks. But yeah, so what we're looking to do here is we're looking to give uh, give a movie kind of a feeling of what we think the movie is going to be like without actually bringing in any any baggage when we go into the theaters. So uh, based off of marketing, based off of if you watch if we watch the trailers, uh, based off of the synopsis, the cast, the directors, things like that, what, how has the movie done well or not well before its release? And we're going to give it the same ratings that they do on Sif Pop. We're going to do like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it's just okay. And uh, and for the future weeks, we're going to be taking a look back on on some of the uh, the coming attractions that we've done and see how our let's call it a pre-rating for now, does as held up to the Rotten Tomato and Metacritic score to see if we're kind of accurate or sometimes we happen to be blown away. Uh, and we'll, we'll also revisit the next time that Rob and Ben are on the show and we'll, we'll say, hey, you said that this movie was going to be a piece of junk and it wound up winning the Best Picture Oscar that year. So looks like you don't know movies. Uh, this week's movie, we have, we have Artemis Fowl for you because – Movies aren't releasing in theaters right now because theaters have to be open for new movies to release. Uh, but there's this the next big movie seems to be Artemis Fowl because there's also a lot of streaming VOD Netflix stuff that that's coming out, but uh, none of it is really impactful yet. So uh, we all we all took a look at the trailer and um, uh, I got a synopsis for you here. According to IMDb, it's uh, Artemis Fowl, a young criminal prodigy, hunts down a secret society of fairies to find his missing father. Did you guys pick up that from this trailer at all? No, not at all. I I did. Uh, they kind of explain what's going on with his dad. His dad gets kidnapped, and he kind of has to take on the mantle. Sure, but I I don't remember anything about fairies. I mean, sure they show creatures, but yeah, I they, they, were they show fairies and all the all those things. Good on you, then. You must just be better at watching trailers than us. No. <laughs> Not what a, about the, this is based off source material. Have you, have you guys read the books of the series? Are you familiar with them? They came out right about the time I was in middle school, high school. So kind of in that sweet spot for me, but I never did. I have no experience with this. Yeah, I, I know of it just from the same thing as you from when I was in middle school or high school. I heard the title Artemis Fowl, but I never read the books and I have no idea what it's about. I uh, the name sounds familiar. Um, I'm familiar with it because my wife is a English professor, and so she loves reading. Um, she's familiar with it, so I'm kind of familiar with it on that standpoint. I never read the books or never knew what they were about, so I'm more so just familiar with the name. All right. Well, uh, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and give it our pre-rating. So, uh, so Ben, we'll go back to you. What do you think? You're going to like this movie, love it, dislike it, hate it, or will it just be okay? Well. It looks just okay. It, it looks like Spy Kids meets uh, Percy Jackson with instead of a more mythic bend to it, it has a more sci-fi bend to it. 
it looks okay. Um, I can take it or leave it. It doesn't look like hot garbage. It doesn't look like it's going to be the best thing ever. It just looks okay, which is usually not a good sign because um, you want to either be on the love it or hate it spectrum if you want to generate buzz. And this is, is not moving my meter either way. What do you think, Rob? Is this moving your meter? No, it's not. I'm, I'm not going to go as far to say that I dislike it or that I hate it because I feel like that has to be... I don't know. There has to be something aggressively bad about the marketing or what I see in the trailer for me to say that. At this point, I'll just probably say the low side of okay. Everything that I saw in that trailer is just really, really dull. Uh, nothing really grabbed me. I, ben obviously was the only one who was able to pick up what was actually going on in the trailer. Just seemed like a lot of noise to me. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's going to be a lot of a lot of big substance in this i like colin farrell a lot but just because he's in something doesn't mean it's going to be good he was in dumbo last year for example so i think it'll just be low side of okay with potential to hopefully be surprising but not that high of potential for that yeah i'm gonna agree with you guys i'm gonna go a little lower than you i'm gonna say dislike it um because there's nothing about this trailer that screams special to me uh the special effects don't even look that special the, the actors don't seem special. I mean, we've talked about a couple of the actors here and uh, they have some pretty promising work, but it doesn't look like that promising work is going to be reflected in this one, according to me. J- Judy, Judy Dench looks like she's going to be in it for about 10 seconds and probably just phone it in. Uh, Colin Farrell looks like he's playing Discount Grindelwald. And uh, I mean, Josh Gad, besides Elder Cunningham or Olaf, I'm just, I, I don't know that I'm super interested in. I'm definitely not interested in serious Josh Gad, so we'll have to see. How that goes, but did you uh, not like him as LeFou? Uh, wh- who LeFou and uh, Beauty and the Beast? Uh, I have not seen the live action Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, it's okay, but if you're if you're uh, my wife likes it, so I'm sure I'll watch it at some point. But uh, so we, we all kind of landed on it's it's it'll just be okay or dislike it. Rob's kind of in the middle of both of us. Uh, what what are some things about it that that maybe are exciting? I mean, you, we we touched on a few of them. Uh, during during our preview, but uh, your Colin Farrell seems to be a generally pretty good actor, but he you know, he does have a dumbbell every now and then. So, uh, what are some other things about this that maybe are intriguing you to to watch this movie? Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh is an exceptional director. Um, he directed the first Thor film. He directed the live action Cinderella, um, which is one of the only live action Disney remakes that seems to have everyone on the same page, where most people like it. Kenneth Branagh is an he, again he's an exceptional director, so that's got me a little bit excited. But who knows? This could be you know another uh, murder on the Orient Express where I wasn't a huge fan of that. So who knows? And that's not even to mention his work in with the Shakespeare stuff back in the nineties and two thousands. Yeah, uh, actually, late eighties was was his first one. But those are pretty well acclaimed, I think. For the most part, at least. But if you're going to make a movie about a young criminal prodigy hunting down a secret society of fairies, do you really want Shakespeare in that? No, I'm just saying that he has like a, a decent track record, at least. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I just, I don't know, maybe he's he just doesn't seem like the right fit for me. Um, I don't know who I would have to replace him, but probably somebody that costs a lot less money so they can pour in some money in other areas. Yeah, as there must have been something to attract him to it. I don't know what, but <laughs> there must have been something where he's like, yeah, I can work with this. 
I will Venmo you 20 bucks if it is anything other than uh, he has a child that loves the book. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. It could be a one for me, one for you kind of scenario. Uh, that's where I was heading. Yep. Yeah, where he does this movie, but he gets to do something else that he really has a desire to do. And if he knocks it out of the park with this one, he gets, you know, full reign. So. Who knows? Maybe it's the scenario. Well, he, was doing, he was doing Death on the Nile later this year. I believe that was Fox, which is now Disney. Yep. So maybe maybe the payoff was he got to do Murder on the Orient Express, a movie that's been told several times if he did Artemis Fowl. That's yeah, maybe that's a chance. Any other any other positives? Um other things that you think this movie maybe has going for it? Yeah, just to add on to that the kid thing. That's how he got Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn. Uh, his kid really wanted him to do it, and that's how he got that role. So it's not always a bad thing. Well, it's not always a bad strategy, but I don't know. It just doesn't. Nothing about this movie screams Brown out of me. The, the one uh, last thing I would say positively is the action does look like a big CGI mess. But then again, I didn't think the action for Sonic looked all that good. But I had a lot of fun watching the Sonic, the action in the Sonic movie. I'm not saying it's a one-to-one comparison, but it it shows that there's some sort of potential there. You could sure. be surprised and have have a little bit of fun at least. Sure, I've got to, I've got one more positive for this movie, and that is that it's going straight to Disney Plus. I I would not buy a ticket to see this movie, but I might watch it because I have Disney Plus. Now the movie probably wasn't tracking that well. Um, I don't know if it has to do any anything to do with with the quality of the movie or more or less what the world is going through right now with COVID-19. Um, so they decided, you know what, let's throw them a bone. This movie's not tracking very well. Let's go ahead and throw it. Um, kind of what trolls two did. Um, movie wasn't tracking very well at the box office. So universal was just like, you know what, let's throw it on on demand. Let's, you know, try to get whatever money we can on there. And I mean, it opened up with like 26 million, which is not bad. For a VOD, that's actually pretty great for a VOD. So, sure, but yeah, I just, I'm just trying to emphasize, like, I w- I would not pay to see this movie, but if it's included in a subscription, you know, there's a chance to check it out. Even though I said I'm probably going to dislike it. To go off Ben's point real quick, they could have put it on like just rental real quick for twenty dollars for a month or two, but the fact that they went straight to Disney Plus, I feel like, has shows that they have even less confidence in it than. Like something like Onward, where they put it on Disney Plus for twenty dollars, or they put it on rental for twenty dollars first before it went on to Disney Plus for free. That is true. That is a little bit of a red flag for me. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I just think that at least with Onward, it's a Pixar movie, so people are going to pay for Pixar. I don't, I don't, and plus it was a pretty well received movie. It's you know, pe- most people like it, um, but. Artemis Fowl, like, if you go up to some person on the street and ask them what it is, I guarantee you there's more people that don't know what it is. So why spend, you know, money trying to recoup it uh, for, you know, 20 bucks versus just going ahead and unloading it onto Disney Plus, which is needing content badly right now, new content? Why not just put it up there and get more subscribers for you? Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, so what about some of the other things that aren't uh, that maybe aren't uh, doing anything for us? That uh, that are the reason why we're saying it's just going to be okay. or We don't like it. 
it just it, it doesn't appeal to me. Nothing about the trailer grabbed me. Um, it just looked kind of like I said, kind of basic. I'm sure that if you had a child and you took them to see this movie and they're a fan of the book, then it's probably a different story. But from a 26 year old standpoint, it's not something that I'm going I'm going to to want to line up to see. I know I'm a, I'm a huge sci- science fiction fan. I like stuff based off of uh, literary literary uh, material, but it's just it's it doesn't appeal to me. And you know, nothing in particular screams at me that it looks terrible, but nothing in particular screams at me that it's going to be excellent. You know, so yeah, I'd go ahead and just agree completely with that. I, I don't really have anything else to add other than exactly what Ben just said. Yeah, uh, I mean, the only thing that I'll I'll add is that. Um, None of the screenplay writers really stand out to me. Uh, Michael Goldenberg is on it, and he was on Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix and Contact, but he was also on Green Lantern and the 2003 Peter Pan, so maybe not not amazing. Um, (laughs) 50-50. Adam Klein is a no-namer at this point, and Connor McPherson has not really done anything big at all. So uh, some no-namers behind the the screenplay, and... uh, uh, production issues this movie's been in development since 2001 part of its delay was that harvey weinstein was attached to a producer and of course mm. we know what happened to anything that had his name attached on it for a while so yeah just uh for for a movie to get delayed almost 20 years and then come out is not a good sign also michael goldenberg's last credit is green lantern so he hasn't done anything in nine years writing wise well that's certainly not a good sign <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, so there you have it. There's our coming attraction on Artemis file. And now we're going to move on to our SIF topic. Now, what a SIF topic is going to be is because we're going to have a rotating door of writers in, in that, the show, uh, it's going to, to look a little bit different. We're going to have a consistent schedule. It just will be – imagine if you had four monthly shows going on at the same time and – Imagine imagine that it was every one week you had this and then you didn't get another episode for a month. But but we will be filling out those weeks in between with uh, with sort of stacked staggered ones. So uh, um, the reason why Robert and Ben are on this show is because they've committed to appearing on the show once a month. Uh, there will be one guest typically each week. Uh, so they're going to take one of the uh, weeks each month, and then the other ones we're going to ha- we're going to have a rotating door of some of the other writers at Sif Pop. So uh, Robert, you want to go ahead and tell them what we're going to be doing on the show? Yeah. So every every time I'm on, we're probably going to discuss a movie that's on my list of shame. Uh, Aaron tends to have seen more movies than I have by probably a long shot, and I'm still catching up on let's say 98% of the classics. So I like watching classic movies. I like catching up on the like Ben mentioned, the AFI Top 100. Um, so this is a really good excuse to just sit and watch movies. It's what I do a lot of the time anyway, but to have it be for a legitimate reason, there's a lot of fun uh, in, behind that. Uh, so we're going to stick to movies before 1994, typically, because those are some of the, those are the years before Aaron and I were born. So we're kind of going to get get into some of those kinds of classics uh, to try to catch up on some of the things that I might have missed. Um, so this is just going to give give me a good reason to watch these classics. People like to hear when other people haven't seen a movie before, like Aaron and Andrew on the main Sif Pop podcast are going through some of their list of shames, but I'm sure mine is multiplied by like 85. So 
we'll just get into some of those movies and have a good time with it. Yeah, that's, uh, that pretty much sums it up. I want to add, though, that I uh, I have maybe seen more movies than you, Rob. I'm not sure. But uh, I generally don't watch movies before. Like, good time frame is like the original Star Wars, 1977. So I'm excited for some of the older ones that we might get into or some of the older ones that I saw uh, in high school that I didn't like, like Citizen Kane or the Maltese Falcon, that if we if we revisit that I might, uh, I might actually wind up enjoying, or I might just think that they're kind of overrated garbage anyway. So we'll have to see as the weeks go by. And, and Ben, you're going to be on once a month. You want to talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to be on here once a month to discuss comic book movies. Um, I love the comic book movie genre. Uh, I'm a big fan of both DC and Marvel. I love both equally. I have my entire life. Batman was my, favorite superhero growing up and uh now my favorite superhero is kind of it's it's superman so i did kind of did the opposite of what uh normal people do uh in that retrospect but we're going to be touching on also lesser known comic book films such as the crow which is my favorite prior to the expansion of the dc and marvel stuff you know from 2000 you know from 2005 onward and stuff like the original Punisher with Dolph Lundgren, um, or the you know Judge Dredd movie that came out with Sylvester Stallone in the '90s. Uh, we're going to be breaking that down and just having a, a good old time discussing uh, comic book movies since they seem to be you know capturing the pop culture zeitgeist so so strongly. I mean, last year uh, Avengers Endgame became the highest grossing movie of all time, grossing you know almost three billion dollars. I think it was like. billion worldwide overtaking uh, Avatar, which had held the record for, for uh, I think 10 years at that point in time. So I cannot wait to discuss this with you guys. It's going to, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, it, uh, it will be a good time. And uh, I'm excited for, I'm excited. I'm a big comic book fan. Uh, If you recognize my name, then you'll recognize attached to the hindsight articles that are on Sif pop that I'm still trying to publish a year after Endgame came out. But uh um, it's, uh, it's been a fun process and believe it or not, you and I haven't seen probably half the comic book movies that there are. I've seen all the blockbusters, but I've not seen a lot of the, uh, the older ones or the, uh, the lower budget ones. So it should be, it should be a good time. Uh, and then one week, uh, of each month, we're going to be going through a nostalgic movie. So this will be kind of on a rotating door of other writers in Sif Pop. Uh, there's what, maybe, uh, maybe 15 of us now. Does that sound about right to you guys? Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna be uh, we're gonna have those those people rotating in um, and to to 80s and 90s movies uh, that are not blockbusters specifically, but that are nostalgic in some reason. Movies that we remember from our childhood um, that we that we watched growing up. That to see if they if they really hold up or to see if they uh, deserve to be forgotten about and left in the past. Uh, you know, movies like, uh, I know heavyweights is a big one for me, or like a kid and King Arthur's court rookie of the year, movies like that. Uh, but just to kind of kind of reevaluate, uh, movies based off of nostalgia, especially since nostalgia seems to be a huge, uh, common theme for plots nowadays, uh, or, or at least stories, you know, think of stranger things or it or, uh, other movies kind of in that realm. Uh, and then another week we're going to be doing, uh, just a week based off of TV shows that we're watching, uh, what, you know, whatever, whatever show you happen to be watching, um, uh, updates on it, whether it's, oh yeah, I'm, I'm binging the West week, the West wing, because I never did when it was on, or I'm, I'm keeping up week to week with, 
whatever show is on your DVR. And so we're going to be talking about that with some of the writers because TV is also part of this pop culture phenomenon. And we want to definitely extend uh, some of our thoughts uh, to that. Uh, and then if there happens to be a fifth week uh, per month and we're going to be doing some like uh, best of franchise lists uh, a week ago on Sif Pop, we published a on SifPop.com. We published a, a list of best of the franchise uh, specifically with Pixar movies. And uh, and we I like that idea and we want to roll with it a little bit more to see, well, well, what what is definitively, according to the Sif Pop writers room, the best Lord of the Rings movies between the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit? What is the best 007 movie? What's the best Star Wars movie? But what is the best of those? Uh, and we'll be we'll be kind of taking um, maybe multiple guests on on those shows. So uh, we, we don't want it to just be another show where we uh, where we have a main weekly movie that is something coming out. But we want there to be a structure still. And we want we want to allow maybe some older movies that don't get a lot of credit to, to get that credit. So we're also going to have a section here for Sift Quest. Uh, if you recognize this title, it's from the Sift Pop podcast as well. That uh, if you guys choose to send up send us some questions, that we will uh, we will answer them here in this portion of the show. But we're going to move on to our very last uh, little section for the show, which is some buried treasure. So, what is one thing in the pop culture universe that you want to tell everybody to watch? Uh, Robert, let's start with you. What's that one thing you're watching that you're just dying to let everybody know about? Last week, I finished uh, the miniseries Devs. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'm going to say that I loved the ending. It's from writer-director Alex Garland, who you may know from directing movies like Ex Machina and Annihilation. And he's written a bunch of movies, too. Uh, 28 Days Days Later, and he's written both Ex Machina and uh, Annihilation and Dread, I think, from a few years ago. but Devs, Devs was just great, I thought. The first couple episodes were perfect, and the last couple episodes were also perfect. It drags a little bit in the middle, but overall, I think it gets into a lot of great themes about uh, morality and determinism and uh, relationships with the people around you. Um, I'm not going to get too specific because I want people to watch it. It's from FX on Hulu, uh, so you can only watch it on Hulu. Uh, there's eight episodes. They're about an hour each. There is a big recommend. It's kind of a spiritual prequel to Ex Machina, if you will. Um, if you watch the series, you'll know what I mean by that. It's just really, really great. Well acted. Um, really makes you think. Uh, and that's that's probably my favorite thing I've seen recently. Awesome. And that is intended to be a mini series. Like it's not. It will not get a second season. No, it's intended to be a mini series. What you got for us, Ben? All right. Um, so to let you guys know, I actually have my own podcast as well. It's uh, the Ben Davis Movie Podcast, and I tackle a different topic each month, and each week I tackle a different movie. This month I'm covering movies based in Christian faith, and I have a lot of uh, different choices, you could say, for movies I consider to be based in Christian faith. And one of those movies that I covered last week on my podcast is Hacksaw Ridge. It is a beautiful movie that is a tale of, of courage and standing up for what you believe in and and holding to those morals. Um, it's a film directed by Mel Gibson and stars Andrew Garfield. Um, it was nominated for Best Picture in 2016, as well as Best Director and as well as Best Actor. 
Um, it won for best sound mixing and uh, best, uh, I think, best film editing. Um, I think it should have swept the Oscars that year. It's a marvelous film. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, it was my favorite film of 2016. Um, so if you want to hear further thoughts on that, uh, go check out my uh, podcast, uh, Ben Davis Movie Podcast, and you can listen to the episode. Um, but I love that movie, and I got to do a deep dive on it last week, and I had a lot of fun doing it. It just made me really fall back in love with that movie. Awesome. I'm going to plug something that's not necessarily new. It is fairly recent, though. I'm going to plug the Watchmen miniseries on HBO because I watched it as it premiered and I absolutely loved it. But I want to talk about it now because uh, our managing editor, Blake, shout out to Blake again, uh, just finished watching it. And it's been causing me to think about that show again, about how much I loved it, about the themes in it about uh, the meticulous detail in that show. It's one of those shows that I, I went and listened to the writer podcast um, uh, that HBO put out about it afterwards because it was just so fascinating and there was so much detail crafted into telling uh, a retelling, a, a modern-day sequel to this timeless, well, maybe not timeless, but this classic from uh, this classic comic book turned into a movie that has a very different following from from the comic that uh, is pretty divisive and I just think I think there's so much that the show has to offer, and I think that episode eight—it's nine episodes long. It's a miniseries as well. I think episode eight might be the best episode of TV I've ever seen, and I'm not even exaggerating. I I think it's just incredibly smart. It's very well paced. It's got funny moments. Uh, it's got uh, heartfelt moments. It's it's a huge recommend for me. Uh, it, the first couple episodes are a little slow, so if you watch it, stick to episode. We'll say four, or just just watch it all and then complain at me later. Uh, but but stick at least to like episode three. Um, and if you're hating it, then I guess stop and don't listen to anything I recommend to you again. But that's gonna be my <laughs> recommend for for this week. Um, and uh, and that concludes this show. We we did it. We figured it out, and we did it. But uh, before we sign off, I want to let you guys get an opportunity to continue to follow Robert and Ben. So, uh, Ben, you already mentioned you have the, the Ben Davis podcast. Uh, where can people find that? And also, where else can they find you? Twitter, Instagram, things like that. Yeah. Um, right now, Ben Davis Movie Podcast is available on most podcast platforms uh, except iTunes. Uh, it will probably be on iTunes in about two weeks or so. You can follow me on Instagram at Ben Davis Movie Podcasts, in which you know I post little blurbs for current uh, release movies and also – give up-to-date information on my podcast. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter um, at, uh, let's see here, I forget my Twitter handle all the time. It's John underscore Benjamin underscore. Um, you'll hear my thoughts on certain movie news and stuff like that and see our conversations that we have amongst our, our Sif Pop crew. Um, you can also follow me on my personal page at uh, on Instagram on John Benjamin O two fifteen. Um, mostly personal stuff, some workout stuff, all that good stuff. So uh, give me a follow, give me a listen on Ben Davis Movie Podcast, and uh, yeah, that's where you'll find me. Also, a quick clarifying thing: John spelled J O H N, not yes. J O N. Awesome. Well, Robert, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me. We'll start off on Instagram where I'm just at Robert's Thoughts, all one word. Uh, I post just updates when I'll post on my own blog and when I post my own, own podcast episodes because I also have a podcast. Um, it's called the Robert's Thoughts Movie Cast. 
um, where I just talk about different franchises, actors, directors each week. Uh, it's still in the early stages, just like Ben, uh, but I'm really looking forward to having it ramp up a little bit in the coming weeks and months and years, hopefully. Um, you can also find me at underscore Rob's Thoughts on Twitter, um, where just like Ben, I'll tweet about movies, I'll tweet about TV, uh, occasionally sports, and I'll a lot, do a lot of interacting with the other writers at SIFPAC. Um, so anything that I write, anything that I record, I'll tweet and most of the things I'll post on Instagram. So whether that's Sip Pop, um, the Robert Studs blog or podcast, or where I write at Netflix Life, which is a website in the fan-sided network. Um, anything that I do, you'll see on my, on my Twitter. So go find me there. Well, and then uh, I'll lastly just say I don't have a website. I don't have uh, a podcast aside from this one. Uh, you can find me at Schweitcastle on Twitter. That is S-C-H White Castle, like the restaurant. And, uh, and you can hear my thoughts on movies, amongst other things. Until next time, back to the writer's room.